0: Hello and welcome to Friday Afternoon here on Colombo and Katie on 1019 one News Talk STL. I'm Tony Colombo, my partner is Katie Fitzpatrick, and we have got a great Friday show for you today. How are you? It's Friday! <laughs> That's how I am. Thank you, Tim. It certainly is a Friday! Bye. We got lots of uh, great guests to talk to. We've got a lot of uh, news and information and stories to cover as we go through the afternoon today. Uh, we were going to be joined in about an hour from now with uh, some friends from Thrive St. Louis, which is um, the organization that our concert next Saturday is benefiting. Of course, that show is next Saturday, the 27th of January, at Westport Playhouse. Katie Nye's Band, which is Tony Colombo and the North County Sound Machine, Mark Close from KC95, his band, which is Closest Quarters, and our buddy Lenny Mink are going to be playing the show uh, along with many of our special guests, uh, members of the St. Louis music scene. Uh, So we've got some surprise guests. We've got some uh, surprise performances. Mm -hmm. We've got some surprises just in store. A fun night of Great music, party atmosphere, and it's all for a great cause. All proceeds go to Thrive St. Louis. Thanks to our sponsors, Gutter Pros and Weber Chevrolet. Couldn't do uh, this show and uh, get all the proceeds to Thrive if it wasn't for Gutter Pros and Weber Chevrolet. So thank, can't thank those organizations enough. And those tickets are on sale now at the Westport Playhouse website. You can go to uh, westportplay.com or you can just go to my Twitter at Talk. I have it linked there at the top of my Twitter page. Uh, you click right there. Get your tickets. They're just $15 a piece. And again, all proceeds for that show go to Thrive St. Louis. So, we have
1: it on our Facebook, too. Oh, perfect. Mm-hmm. So
0: looking forward to having that conversation with the folks from Thrive in about an hour from now. Uh, in about 40 minutes from now, we are going to get the all-important weekend forecast. Steve Templeton, chief meteorologist from Channel 4, will deliver that uh, weekend forecast for us. A lot of weather going on out there. I was surprised we got the phone call at this morning from our school district that schools were canceled. So I immediately go, the phone rings. It's the recorded message. I get a text, you know, immediately after that. I look out the window, and the roads are clear.
1: Yep. (laughs) And it literally said it wasn't
0: because of cold. It was because of road conditions. It's what the message said. School is canceled because of road conditions. We're in the middle of a subdivision. We're not on like a main thoroughfare, and our road was fine. I don't know. I I I was talking to Mark Close earlier today uh, about the show, and this got brought up. The kids being home from school today got brought up, and Mark said they're going to be going to school on July fourth.
1: <laughs> they will be. I didn't. I didn't know this because I didn't have a kid yet. But daycares follow their school districts. Yes, they do.
0: Most of them do. Yes. It,
1: David and I had 15 alerts on our email this morning saying Mae's daycare is closed. Yep. And I'm like, wow, I had no idea that and that's had what happened. no happens. problem driving
0: in this morning.
1: I had, zero, as you just said, my neighborhood completely fine. The roads to get from my neighborhood onto the highway completely fine. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the requirements are that have changed so dramatically from... It's the 90s the, to it's now. It's just the
0: superintendent. It's just the school. The school district makes the call themselves. There's no like, like you know, there's no like measurement. It's like, oh, two inches of snow means school canceled. It doesn't, it's completely an arbitrary decision made by the school districts. That's annoying. My grandpa was, when I was a kid, he was the superintendent of Edwardsville. School oh, yeah. Districts. I
1: remember telling me that. Mm-hmm.
0: And he used to have to make that call. So,
1: and he was like, everyone's in school all the time. Well, no one's off so, school. It's funny.
0: Here's an interesting story from the Colombo family past. So back then, especially, because we're going back like, you know, 40 years, 30 years. Um, Back then, especially, there were, and there still are parts of the Edgersville School District that are kind of in rural areas. Mm -hmm. Well, there was apparently one student while he was was, um, superintendent that got caught, like got stuck at a bus stop on a day that he didn't cancel school in the snow, but something happened. I can't remember the story exactly. I mean, it's, you know, I it happened 40 years ago, and I heard the story 35 years ago. So um, I, I don't have the exact details, but something like this. He didn't cancel school. This kid got stuck at the bus stop. The bus couldn't come get him. So this kid was ended up being stuck at the bus stop in oh, yeah. the snow for oh. a long time. And I mean, the kid was fine. But he ended up being like just standing at the bus stop in the snow, in the cold for a really long time. And the bus never made it to him. And he went back home or whatever. And when my grandpa found out about that, he decided that he was going to he did call schools earlier than he used to. He yeah. used to he used to like he used to, you know, He used to be pretty Waited out. Yeah, mm-hmm. he used to he used to have a pretty high standard for calling schools off. But after that happened, he lowered those standards a little bit, but that was a that was a rural situation with a bus that had to go down a farm road or whatever. I don't know how many of those are happening in the uh, Fort Zumwalt and Francis Howell <laughs> school in Hazelwood school districts in our area that people all got caught all called off school today.
1: I wonder so. if parents are more in the category of like, I mean, it's annoying, but call off for safety reasons, or if parents are like. Let the freaking kids go Let to Let the school.
0: freaking kids go to school. Every parent school. I've ever known and every parent that I've ever been. <laughs> yeah.
1: Three times over. I mean, over. I've
0: had, yeah. I, we've been doing this for 20 years now. I, I mean, and uh, yeah, it's, it's it's send the kids to freaking school. Send them to school. Yeah. I mean, if there's ice and I mean, but we never get to that point. There's never been a time... Where I've said, where I've thought, man, this is a dangerous day to be sending the kids to school. They never even get close to that. If that did happen, I'd call, I'd say something. But there was no danger in going to school today, in my opinion. I agree. I totally agree. So anyway, uh, all this weather talk is a perfect example of why the weekend forecast is a very important one today. So looking forward to talking to Steve Templeton, Chief Meteorologist over at Channel 4. He'll join us in about 40 minutes from now to give us the weekend forecast. And in a few minutes, we'll be joined by Ken Williams from the Vic Porcelli Show. Ken is with us every Friday afternoon, uh, usually along with Gabe Pfeiffer from the morning show. But um, he, uh, Gabe is not with us today, and uh, Ken will be with us in just Just a few moments. One of the things that I'm going to bring up with Ken to get his thoughts on to see how big of a deal he thinks this is, is um, the uh, top headline today when it comes to the presidential election. Tim Scott is going to endorse Donald Trump officially tonight at a rally in New Hampshire. Tim Scott going to formally announce his support for Donald Trump when he appears alongside the former president at a rally tonight in Concord, New Hampshire. Reports indicate that both Trump and Nikki Haley called the senator in recent days as they both tried to secure his endorsement. While Scott's presidential campaign failed to ignite, he remains very popular with Republican primary voters, and his endorsement has been heavily coveted by the remaining GOP candidates. And apparently, Donald Trump is the one that has secured that endorsement. I've talked about it many times. I personally am a huge Tim Scott guy. I am a big fan of Senator Scott. So to me, this is a big deal. I, again, I also poo-poo on endorsements in general because they don't impact me personally as a voter. Like if I was on the fence about Donald Trump and Tim Scott or somebody else that I like endorses him, it doesn't make me automatically go, oh, well, then uh, that's who I'm voting for. Mm -hmm. I know some people may be like that, but. Tim Scott's a big deal, especially in South Carolina, and it certainly can't hurt Trump at all to get this endorsement.
1: This is a Larry Connor situation where it's lock and loaded, ready on the right, because (laughs) all of these people are saying we are securing our spot with this president if we have a chance. And I don't blame him. I don't knock him for it. I think Tim Scott is amazing. And if he has a chance to be a cabinet member for Donald Trump, if Donald Trump wins, more power to our boy. If Vivek Ramaswamy saw the writing on the wall and said, I'm endorsing Trump because there's a possibility that he also gained favor and he has a a possibility of being a cabinet member, lock and load it. I think... Everyone that campaigned against Trump but didn't actually knock him down, which were those two? Tim yeah. Scott never said a bad thing about Trump. No, he really didn't. He never said a bad thing. I don't think he's ever said a bad thing about anyone.
0: Yeah, he doesn't really say bad things about anybody. He got into it with Nikki Haley, I think, a little bit once. He but, did. Yeah, but he was like but you're total right.
1: nice guy. I mean, that's it. That was his
0: thing. His he's whole a, thing was, "I'm running a positive." And he did campaign. He was wonderful. He said that the voters were starving for a positive campaign and then obviously it didn't at least his positive campaign didn't work out at all so But to me when I see
1: these when I see these possibilities of the blueprint of who could be with Trump if he wins that makes me excited because it isn't a bunch of arrogant bullies that are going to be the bulls in the china shop it is people with great heads on their shoulder. It is people that are even keel, that can understand things, eloquently make their point. I don't know. It makes me really excited. And I and I hope that Trump, even though he's a very, very smart man, I hope he's smart enough to see that these people are loyal and they're ready to, I think, ready to be part of his team if he chooses.
0: Well, I will say that the team that the... Uh, the- rumored team, I guess I should say. Yeah,
1: that's what it is. Because
0: we've heard, I mean, just because somebody's endorsing Donald Trump does not mean that they are going to be a part of his cabinet or his administration. But a lot of rumors have come out, a lot of reports have come out that these are the people that are going to be a part of his cabinet. Tim Scott, Elise Stefanik, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I mean, that's a pretty, we're starting off pretty good there. As far as I'm concerned.
1: Doug Bergham? I mean, well, he yeah. could be part of it too.
0: Yeah. Doug Burg no, he is definitely going to be part of it. I was just talking about ones that matter to me. <laughs> <laughs> I like Doug. I was leaving Doug off I the like list. I like Doug. But like, you know, those are that's some pretty that's some pretty heavily qualified, good uh conservative bona fides type of people there. And Tim Scott, Elise Stefanik, Sarah Huckabee <laughs> Sanders. Possibly um, your girl being the press secretary again, Kaylee.
1: That'd be great. That's an all star team to me. That right? is like an all star. It's a lot better than his his
0: twenty sixteen.
1: Yeah, starting I even, team. I can't even remember. I just remember Spicy. Yeah,
0: right. I
1: don't know. I don't <laughs> know if I remember anyone else but Sean Spicer. And all I can so, think is Dancing with the Stars. Yeah.
0: So I don't know. I mean, that's a pretty. That's a pretty solid team. That's don't a pretty you solid think team. these people
1: are like? We're endorsing him because of the positive, like even if there's, are you telling me there's a chance? Oh like, yeah. You no know? doubt about it. No there's doubt
0: it. about it. They want to be, they want to be a part of that, um part of that cabinet. So we'll see. We'll see. If we'll we'll uh, be interesting to see what Tim Scott, if Tim Scott speaks tonight, he's going to be at this rally in Concord, New Hampshire tonight mm-hmm. with Donald Trump. We'll see how big that rally is. we we'll get him, you know, Good idea of how much support Donald Trump has in that state. Of course, the New Hampshire primary is on Tuesday. So if he has another landslide victory, that could be, you know, that could, that could say a lot for the future of this, of this race. Um, let's see. One more quick one here before we talk to Ken and we can always, um, we can always continue some of these conversations with Ken Williams, and uh, and as we go through the show this afternoon, Joe Biden has bailed out another five billion dollars in student debt. The Biden administration has approved an additional five billion dollars in debt cancellation for roughly seventy four thousand student loan borrowers. The White House said in a statement released today. President Biden said many of the borrowers impacted by this latest student loan debt debt handout are public sector workers like teachers and firefighters who will have their debt erased after 10 years of public service. Nearly 30,000 borrowers impacted have been in payment and repayment, excuse me, for at least 20 years. That is insane, but I get it, Uh, but, quote, never got the relief they earned through income driven repayment plans, unquote, from Joe Biden himself. The latest round of student debt cancellation brings the total amount canceled under Biden to 136.6 billion dollars for more than 3.7 million Americans. It's that it's so this is so absurd and so crazy for all the reasons that everybody knows. I don't even have to make the case like why why are these Why are these people the ones that get their debt erased while other people don't? Why is it just student debt? How come you can't erase my car payment or my uh, house payment? And what makes these people better than the rest of us? And if there is a problem, which there is a big problem, nobody should be paying back student loans for 20 years. How about instead of erasing the student debt, we look at the system that creates this debt and the crazy College fees and student loan debts that are created by colleges that charge tens of thousands of dollars a year to go to these schools. How about we address the system rather than just erasing everybody's debt and picking winners and losers arbitrarily in our? Society, like, oh yeah, you get you're you get to have your debt erased, but your next door neighbor doesn't get to have any.
1: Totally, debt it's a tiered system, and it's like everyone <laughs> who thought that all of a sudden when Joe Biden made this promise on the campaign trail, he's going to snap his fingers and all everyone just blanket statement, it was all going to be erased. Yeah, I mean that's what that's where we're kidding ourselves. Not there's no way that it would ever be yeah. passed. And we've joked about this before. Could you imagine being the person? Who just worked their
0: tail off, mm-hmm. and they just wrote the check mm-hmm. for their last, their the last check to their student loan debt, and they and they got it paid off. And they worked ten years as hard as they could to put that student loan debt behind them. They write that check. They send it in, they're feeling great, they're feeling accomplished. Look what I did. And then the next week Joe Biden erases all student. <laughs> like what Light if your I, hair like, on fire I shouldn't I have just out. been a deadbeat? Oh, what if I would have just been a deadbeat that didn't pay back my student loan debt, I'd I'd have everything erased right now. But I did things correct I did things right. I fought and worked to pay down my debt, and now I'm getting punished for that.
1: You know, it's also an example of no matter what the intention is behind something like this, it will never be fair. It will never be what the Democrats like to call equitable. There is no basic outcome that happens whenever you work for as a tiered system to do, to take away student loans. There's no equity in all of that, which is the biggest thing the Democrats push. They say, oh, equity is the out we want everyone to have the same starting playing field we want everyone to start on the same isn't that what they define equity as equality to them is yeah well. the, right
0: Equality. It, the real definition of equality is what you're explaining. The, def, the progressive left's definition of equality is fluid. But this, but this is an example. It changes, of, on a, it changes all. There's the time.
1: no equity or there's equality no equality
0: here. Happening no.
1: with that tiered no, system no of college here. debt.
0: There's no equality here. No.
1: But I I feel like Bernie's But they would make
0: that argument that there is probably. Uh, yeah. It's the again their definition of equality changes to fit their argument. It's is nuts. It is nuts. All right, let's get Ken Williams in here. Ken Williams from the Vic Porcelli Show is going to join us next. I want to get his thoughts on the current state of the presidential race. He's a big uh, Trump guy, obviously. What does he think of uh, Tim Scott endorsing the former president? And also want to get Ken's thoughts on the story that we talked about yesterday. The New York Post article that was that came out yesterday that indicates that Barack Obama is negotiating with the Democratic Party to get Michelle Obama on that ticket and Joe Biden off that ticket. Uh, does that scare Trump supporters? It would be. We'll find out uh, what Ken Williams thinks about that and more next on Colombone and Katie on 1019 one News Talk STL.
2: For podcasts, articles, and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com.
0: Welcome back to Club Old Canyon, 101 one News Talk STL Joining Katie and I in studio now is the executive producer of the Vic Porcelli Show. The great Ken Williams is here with us. How are you? Hi, guys. That's Hello. a groove, baby. That's It that is. That's at Perry Woods Jam. And that's Perry a Perry, Perry Woods joint there. Uh, we're just talking about our show joint coming up. Joint being the operative word. <laughs> <laughs> yep. January 27th, Westport Playhouse. You can see Perry playing guitar. You can hear Katie singing. You can uh, see me doing what I uh, sings. Define his singing, um, along with our buddy Mark Close and his band, Closest Quarters. It is. It's going to be a blast. We had band practice last night, and it just gets me so excited, Katie. So fun.
1: Oh, my God. It was so fun. We were there for four hours. (laughs) It
0: just gets me so...
1: We were there for four hours. It was so (laughs) fun.
2: So while you guys are practicing, do you do a jam, like break off into
0: just whatever? Every now and then, yeah. Okay. I was really making Perry mad last night because I would start singing Bon Jovi, who he hates, and then I'd start singing Bon Jovi, and then the bass player and our, and then Tilden, our bass player, and Alonzo, our drummer, would start Giant, jamming, yeah, jamming yeah. with me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. And be like,
0: "I'm gonna leave." <laughs> <laughs> no, you won't. You are very good. You cannot leave. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that's next Saturday, January 27th, Westport Playhouse. You can come and see us uh, along with Mark Close and his band. Closest Quarters going to be a party. It's all brought to you by Weber Chevrolet and Gutter Pros. Tickets are on sale now at the Westport Playhouse website. It's on our Facebook page, too. News Talk STL Facebook page has a link to tickets. My Twitter at Tony Colombo Talk has a link to tickets. And 100% of the proceeds for that show goes to Thrive St. Louis. We're going to be talking to the guys from Thrive just after 3 o'clock this afternoon so very much looking forward to that it's going to be a blast and that's awesome you're doing that with them that's so cool yeah I I agree it was was important to us to find a great charity you know especially money you know that would go to a cause that we all believe in and stay and help people here locally Um, and to give you know like there's plenty of events and they're great events, you know, that's that give a portion of the proceeds or they're able mm-hmm. to but thanks to Weber Chevrolet and Gutter Pros, we're able to give one hundred percent of the proceeds to Thrive St. Louis. Amazing. So awesome. yeah. yeah. Come out and uh and and join us next Saturday at Westport Playoffs. Get your tickets now because they are going fast. Uh Ken, we were just talking about in that last segment that Tim Scott has made it official. He is going to be endorsing Donald Trump officially, endorsing Donald Trump for president. Tonight at a rally in Concord, New Hampshire. Of course, the New Hampshire primary is on Tuesday. So um, Nikki Haley and and Trump were kind of making their final push over the weekend here to secure as many votes as possible. Ron DeSantis has left. He's not in New Hampshire anymore. He's moved his entire operation to South Carolina because he's for whatever reason, they hate Ron DeSantis in New Hampshire. <laughs> They, that, that hate, they surprises me. hate him. That's crazy. <laughs> they, he's he's getting doubled up by Chris Christie <laughs> in, yeah. by, in in New Hampshire. So it's pretty much down to just Trump and Haley vying for votes in New Hampshire. It looks like it could be another landslide victory for Donald Trump, and certainly having Tim Scott's endorsement doesn't hurt the former president at all. What are your what are your thoughts uh as a Trump fan on Tim Scott endorsing him.
2: Yeah, as a Trump supporter and his policies, I, I really think that uh, Tim Scott's going to be a good benefit, real good benefit for him. But keep in mind what's going to happen now. The the left is going to dismiss him. He's they're going to call him a white supremacist, a black man is a white supremacist. Yeah, you know they're going to do everything that they can to to minimize him. But it, it's a great it's a great get for Donald Trump. But not only that, I think it secures a good spot for Tim Scott in the cabinet. Yeah. And I think Tim Scott would be a great addition to a cabinet, a, a Trump administration cabinet pe- post. hmm You mentioned Nikki Haley, and I mentioned this to Katie earlier, uh, Tony. I got this from, actually, Stel sent this to me. It's from Benny Johnson on X. Okay. Okay, it says, Trump accuser E. Jean Carroll is financially backed by Democrat mega-donor Reed Hoffman. You know who else is backed by Reed Hoffman? Nikki Haley. Really? Yeah, see, these are things... Nikki yeah. Haley.
0: This is the swamp. Yes,
2: this is what's is. happening. And, and, and the more we see Nikki Haley's numbers rise, the more we find out about Nikki Haley. Mm-hmm. And we, the more we find out about Nikki Haley, we find out where the money's coming from.
1: Mm-hmm. We just, yeah. that's what you talk. So Ken and I were talking about this on the break and everybody already knows, I really liked Nikki Haley. Yeah, um, me too. So it's just disappointing to find out more and more of these things that associate her with swampy behavior. And I was watching Neil Cavuto probably a week ago, and one of her pack people, I want to say like a spokesperson, was talking about where her money came from to Neil Cavuto, and he blatantly said that a lot of her money from these packs are coming from big Democrat donors. On Neil Cavuto's show, yeah. he said that, yeah. and he was completely casual about it, completely mm-hmm. aware that he was talking to Fox News, mm-hmm. and it's these things that, You know, you have to do your research, and you have to follow up and say, like, okay, well, who are these big Democrats? Okay, who, how is this person involved with Nikki Haley? But at the end of the day, you do start to kind of realize the... These people are really ingrained into a system yep. that you were hoping wasn't the case. But I think, unfortunately, even when she was part of Trump's cabinet, she was part of the yeah. old conservative party. Well, the spin, the
0: spin there, like why would this guy, why would a, a, a Nikki Haley supporter who is a a leader or a, or a spokesperson for one of her PACs so casually say that she has Democrat support? The spin there is hey, we are a bipartisan candidate. Yes. Wouldn't that be yeah. great? Wouldn't that be great to have a Republican candidate that also has support and friends on the left so we can get things done? I mean, that's the that's the old-fashioned spin that people put on that. But you have to look deeper, Ken, as you're sort of alluding to, and ask the question, how much influence do these, you know, like that support that comes along from Democrats... What is the price of that support?
1: Totally, that's what it is. And what what is it? And what? And
0: what would it do? How much of that price and influence would be seen in a in a Haley presidency? Um, if that were to happen, which is looking less and less likely, that was well. You,
2: you know, know. I, I would say twenty years ago, sure, that'd be a great little feature saying, you know what? Yeah. I'm getting well, it from the both sides. Bipartisanship. It, it
0: should be a good bipartisanship, it, bipartisanship should be a good, it, it but, not, be. but not, but mm-hmm. not at the <clears throat> not as a pro quo, not as a quid pro quo of, I'm only going to support you if you do this for me or do that for me. That type of part bipartisanship is not good. And you mentioned. My MAGA
2: affiliation, let's just call it that, because I'm a MAGA patriot. I'm one of those people, and and I'm a big
0: Trump supporter. Along with about 200 million other Americans. (laughs) Well, what what
2: happens, though, Tony, what happens, though, and we should have this bipartisan feel. It should be. But with the way that they're attacking the MAGA right, the way they're attacking conservatives in general, is making everybody say, no, I won't even accept this. I'm not going to accept you if you're accepting money from those people that are calling us these second class citizens then I'm not I'm not going to accept you yeah. and that's what's happening is it's it's not the conservatives fault it's not at all it is the it is the fault of the people who are accusing them of the things that, that they're accusing them of you know mm-hmm. I think
1: and by the way the the donor was Andy Sabin and he revealed this on Neil Cavuto's show you can look at the Post Millennial to read more about that article I was just mentioning before But the problem with, and I think you highlighted it so great, Tony, is that bipartisanship used to mean, have a different meaning than it does today. Yeah, Yeah. totally agree. And, And we have recognized and seen that even during Trump's presidency... A great example of bipartisanship that could have happened where two people, two parties could have won was Donald Trump saying, give me money for the border wall and I'll help you out with DACA. Didn't, Democrats wanted nothing to do with it, nothing at all. So where it, bipartisanship only matters when the Democrats choose or the Republicans choose the candidate that they like, they have an affinity for, it doesn't matter really at the end of the day because someone like Donald Trump kept trying to do things like that. They didn't give a rip because it was Donald Trump. They didn't care. So to me, the definition of bipartisanship has changed so dramatically than when you two started to pay attention to politics and when I started to pay attention to politics in 2016. Total difference.
2: Yeah, there is a total difference. One thing now that we don't like as conservatives and MAGA people as conservatives at all is this whole there is a bipartisanship it's against trump yeah. this whole uniparty bipartisanship mm. that's this this deep state swamp thing that's going on they they are both equally the rhinos and the never trumpers and all the people on the on the left they are against trump and they are a
0: bipartisan faction whatever you want to call them yeah mm-hmm. I want to, speaking, let's dig a little deeper into the to the swamp, and I have been, and Ken, I know you have, have, for a long time, we've talked about this many times, have thought that Joe Biden is ultimately not going to be on the ballot in November. No, I don't um, think so. And I've always kind of poo-pooed that idea, and I've also always poo-pooed the idea of Michelle Obama being that person that could mm. replace um, Joe Biden, however- we reported on this yesterday because a New York Post column was published yesterday by uh, columnist Cindy Adams with the New York Post getting into the idea of Michelle Obama in her words, quote, sneaking her way onto the 2024 yeah. ballad. And one of the reasons, the biggest reasons that I didn't believe that Michelle Obama would be that person is because. In my opinion, you run for office for two reasons, money and power. That's the two biggest motivators we've seen with politicians over the years, money and power. Uh, Yeah, and they want to do the right thing. (laughs) Who's that? Maybe a very few of them. Maybe a few of them are like that, but money and power are the two big uh, motivators there. And, And the Obamas have all the money and power already. They have all the money. They still are running the Democratic Party from the shadows. So I just didn't think that there was like, if you, if you run for office for money and power, you don't need, there's no need for Michelle Obama or Barack Obama to get back into politics. However, if this report is to be believed, this New York post column is to be believed the Obamas and Barack Obama personally is negotiating. This is exactly the words in the, in the column negotiating with the Democratic Party to get Michelle on the ballot in November. And if that's what Barack wants, that's what Barack is going to get, because in my opinion, he runs the Democratic Party. So they'll find a way to gracefully remove Joe from the ballot and put Michelle on it. If that's if this column is true and Barack Obama really is fighting for that. Again, as a Trump supporter, how much does that scare you, the idea of Michelle Obama being the one on the ballot in November, as opposed to Joe Biden? Joe Biden, to me, is a very weak man and an easy person to defeat. I don't know that I believe that about Michelle Obama.
2: Well, as as much as, first of all, as much as I thought that he would not make it to the ballot as a nominee, Mm Mm-hmm. I wanted him to make it, oh, yeah. especially now. Hell yeah! <laughs> but but secondly, Obama is the, the the hidden president right now. I mean, you can call whatever you want. He is the puppet master behind mm-hmm. Joe Biden. Joe Biden has nothing to do with the decisions made. I believe this per. I believe it just by things that I've read. Mm-hmm. If it was eight years ago, I would say yeah, I'd be nervous. I, I'm never scared about any of this stuff, but I am nervous about Michelle Obama eight years ago. Right now, I think Americans are saying, OK, we're getting on to the fact here that we know that Barack Obama behind all this. And if he is behind all this and his wife is going to be the president with no experience at all, I think Americans are going to, at least now, are going to be a little bit more
0: uh, aware and, and, and scrutinize this more. There's- Trump voters and supporters would be. The general population after that, I don't know that I agree with that. You don't I think, think what about independence? I though? just think that I think that Barack Obama, I think the Obamas are still wildly popular. Oh, I think they're very popular, and they are as corrupt as any other politician. When you start to dig into it, they are as as bad as the Bidens and the Clintons. I mean, the Obamas are in that are in that same club, but I don't think any of that is on. I don't think any of that stink is on they the Obamas. On Trump. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they fight on Trump. Yeah, they've Cross done so many hurricane. They've and they've done, done,
0: yeah, they've done a million things. They've done a million. Things. But but I don't think that that stink that is on the Clintons and the yeah. Bidens are on the Obamas. Yeah. Now, maybe they maybe that could get exposed. Well, That's what I was just going to say. Maybe that could get exposed by November. But man, I think Michelle oh, no. Obama is a is is a thousand times tougher to defeat by for any Republican than old man Joe. I, I agree with that,
2: and and I it does make me nervous, and like I said, eight years ago, I would be a lot more nervous, yeah. but right now, I think people are really looking around. I think they're more aware. Eight years ago, they would not have been aware of any of this, and then just the mere word of saying Obama is going to run, and Obama, no matter what, they would have said, oh, okay, we're good. Independence, though, I think, Independence, I think, they're underrated, and they they may not like Trump, but they really loved his policies. Independents really liked his policies, and they know that I think more and more of them are knowing what's going on with this whole Biden administration right now is behind the scenes. It, it is Obama. So I think there's, there's something there, but I agree with you. They're, they are wildly popular, but as far as being a president, they started with a million, less than a million dollars when he got in office. Eight years later, they're almost, they're worth, yeah they're, they're worth almost 250 billion, million dollars
0: yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. And and quickly adding to that. Quickly adding to that. All those books sold. Michelle Obama yeah. sold all those yeah. books. Last those, thing. those books. I don't have the I don't have the sound right now, but I'll I'll send it to you something that you can add to your uh list of of Joe Biden gaffes that you guys play every yeah. day on the Vic Porcelli show. I don't know if you guys saw this last night. Katie, I don't know if you saw this? Um yeah, last night Joe Biden is speaking at a rally in North Carolina. Right before he took the stage, he hugged and took a picture with a woman that was there, and he thought that that woman was a United States Congresswoman, and it wasn't. (laughs) And so he gets up on stage, (laughs) and he says, hey, and he says, you know, he's like, he's welcoming everybody. Like, thanks for being here tonight. And he says, I want to mention Congresswoman Deborah Ross. Where's Deborah? I just had my picture taken with her. Oh, my God. She wasn't there. This woman wasn't the Congresswoman wasn't there. Oh my gosh. I'm letting And then after after looking around for a minute, he goes, Oh, she couldn't be here actually. Oh no. I got that mixed up. And then, this, and then in this article that I was reading, it says, it is unclear who Biden took the picture with. Oh, my <laughs> 10-year-old God. 10-year-old girl, I'm sure. Yeah.
2: But see, that just reaffirms what, I, what I'm saying. He knows right. nothing about anything He's, right now. He, he, he doesn't. A,
0: he hugged a woman, took a picture That's with amazing. her. amazing. Thought it was a Democrat United States Congresswoman. Introduced that woman from the stage. Hey, I just took a picture with Congresswoman Deborah Ross. Where's she at? Stand up. She's not there. Oh
2: and then, that's
3: you know he's going,
2: who did I take a picture of? Yeah. <laughs> <What? laughs> but you know what? He didn't care either. He'll go, ah, whatever. I took Silly a picture of somebody. Me. <laughs> Silly yeah, stupid me. me. I'm, I'm almost done here anyway. I'll so. send you
0: the sound. It's pretty oh, great. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think he knows that he's gone. I really do. I believe, <laughs> and I think what's going to happen is Biden's gone, and then Kamala Harris she's gonna, is going to say, hey, what about me? And they're going to say, oh, okay, yeah. listen to me. Here's your choice. either being knocked out completely to where you don't even have a job or we'll make you, I don't know, some kind of. Uh,
0: well, it almost has to be. Advisor, if you do knock, advisor or if something. If you do knock Joe off, it almost has to be Michelle Obama. Otherwise, Kamala Harris will play that. Oh, you just don't. The Democrats just don't want to go with a, a black woman. Woman, yeah. She that's can't a, make that, that argument against, yeah. against Michelle Obama. So um, it almost has to be Michelle Obama if it's not. If it's not Joe Biden, otherwise the Democrats are stuck with a Kamala Harris, an entitled Kamala Harris, that a, a monster that they created, and yeah. thinking that she should be automatically next. She's got Kamala, no chance at winning a, a national election. Oh, never, no.
2: But but they'll they'll take her and say, hey, you you can be an ambassador to yeah. Zimbabwe. Yeah. Or yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're exactly right. <laughs> All right, Ken Williams,
0: great stuff as always, my friend. Great Thanks, to see Ken. you. Hey, it's fun being here, guys. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah. Well, Love we, having we, you. we do as well. You can hear Ken every Friday afternoon here with Katie and I. And, of course, every day starting at 9 a.m., 9 to 11 on the Vic Porcelli Show here on News Talk STL. All right, we are going to get that all-important weekend forecast. Chief Meteorologist from Channel 4, Steve Templeton, joins us next on Colombo and Katie. For podcast
2: articles and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. STL.com. Welcome
0: back to Pueblo, Kenny on one one nine ninety four one News Talk STL. I'll be talking to Steve Templeton, chief meteorologist over at Channel Four. Get that weekend forecast for you here in just a moment. I want to remind you that. If you want to make sure that you never miss anything that happens here on the Columbo and Katie Show, to be subscribed to our podcast. You can get our podcast on basically every podcast platform right after the show every day. So right after the show every day, we put out the show as a podcast and we put it on Apple and Spotify and Google and Amazon and all the different podcast platforms so whatever your favorite one is just make sure you subscribe to the Columbo and Katie show so you never miss anything that happens here every single day including Friday afternoons when we get the all important weekend forecast from Channel 4 Chief Meteorologist Steve Templeton who is on the line with us now Steve uh, thanks for joining us this uh, afternoon another uh uh, busy week, busy day when it comes to weather. So appreciate your time. How are you?
3: Yeah, my pleasure, my pleasure. Um, I'm doing good despite the cold. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Yep. yeah I was uh, we were talking about. Uh, I was surprised this morning when my phone's ringing at 4:45 and it's from the school district and they're canceling schools. I. You know, I know, I know that you, I know that you don't have anything to do with that, and I know that that's not your department at all. But uh, it gets that, that can get a little frustrating when you look outside and your roads are clear and they're canceling school. Oh, can you hear me? I lost you guys. Uh oh. Uh oh. I'll we'll get, get him back, back, back on. Me. Yeah, we'll get you. We'll get. We'll get Steve back on here in just a second. Having a little bit of a phone problem there, but uh, but yeah, I want to see how much longer this cold is going to continue, and uh, you know how long it's going to continue to impact possibly uh, people's drive time and uh, and schools going forward. So I think we've got. I think we've fixed the uh, the phone connection here. Steve, can you hear us? Hello, Steve? No, still? All right. We will continue to try to fix the phone. <laughs> We're going to do it one more time. Try to fix the uh the phone problems and get an idea from Steve Templeton on what we can expect over the next couple days and the beginning of next week when it comes to the weather. Uh also just a quick reminder about our show coming up next Saturday, January 27th at Westport Playhouse. Katie and I's band, along with Mark Close's band, playing a show to benefit Thrive St. Louis and the guys from Thrive. Are going to be joining us here in just about 15 minutes, just after three o'clock. So, looking forward to that conversation as well. All right, take three, third time's a charm. Steve, can you hear us? <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> channel four. Maybe we should just hang up. Yeah, there me. you go. Just get that fourth time just to make it, uh, uh, <laughs> make the, uh, make it all work perfectly. Uh, so yeah, so I'll let you take it from here. Walk us through tonight and the rest of the the, the weekend on what to expect out there. Sure, sure. No, no more snow tonight. It's
3: all about the cold. Uh, our logo is down to three. We will have a wind chill down around minus 12. So it's still dangerous wind chills this Saturday morning. Uh, but lots of sunshine tomorrow and the winds are not as strong as they are today. So winds are about five to 15 miles per hour. So sunshine and 18 in the afternoon. Windchill will be well above zero, like around eight. So, you know, it's look, it's still a frigid day, but uh, the dangerous windchills are in the morning. Otherwise, it's really just a cold, sunny afternoon Saturday and then Sunday, partly cloudy early, but then turning cloudy, but it's going to stay dry. We'll have a cold low in the morning of eight, but 30. In the afternoon, getting closer to freezing by Sunday. So all in all, not a bad weekend. The One thing I do want to make sure you get the first alert on is Monday. There is a chance for some freezing drizzle or light freezing rain in the morning. And so that could make things a little icy, a little glazing possible before we eventually get above freezing and it turns over to just rain. But we need to monitor that, especially in the morning.
0: Yeah, for sure. And best way to do that is with the Channel 4 weather app and, of course, the uh, Channel 4 website, right? Yep,
3: exactly. We, uh, we issued these first alert weather days. It's just kind of, you know, cut through distractions and noise and just draw your attention on our seven-day forecast of, mm-hmm. you know, impactful weather. So we made that a first alert weather day Monday. Uh, we're, we still have some questions, the onset of the rain and when do we get above freezing. But I just want to make sure going into the weekend that people uh, check back with us, especially Sunday night, and we'll look ahead to see what Monday morning looks like. But there's at least that chance for a glazing.
0: So, I, in this, personally, you know, my, my mistake, I was not keeping as close an eye on the forecast as I should have been, and I was a bit caught off guard this morning, that's what I was touching on at the beginning of the conversation, um, you know, when the phone's ringing at 445 and it's a school district calling uh, the day, you know, calling the school off for today, um, we were here, we actually had band practice last night, so we, mm-hmm. we, were, up, we were up and out a little bit later than, than usual, and there definitely was, you know, some snow falling late last night about... Yeah. Ten o'clock as I was driving home from band practice, but I it, it still caught me off guard. I was still surprised. at schools calling off, and I know that you don't have anything to do with that, Steve. But was that weather? Did was that was that snow or whatever happened last night? Did that kind of sneak up on us a little bit and kind of develop last minute, or was that something that you had seen coming? And I just did a really bad job of. No, we, you
3: know, <laughs> we did that. Uh, yeah, we saw it coming. The forecast was uh, zero to an inch. Um, And we did expect the cold wind chills. I think my guess is what happened is the school districts are looking at zero to an inch. And there's such a a fine line for margin of error because if it's, you know, just a dusting, they can go to school. But if it's a half an inch, three quarters of an inch, an inch, maybe we should call it off, especially with the uh, the wind chills being the way they are. Uh, So, you know, I think because of that fine line, maybe the school districts wanted to actually see it happening, you know, like the show me state, show me. Yeah, there you
0: stuff. go. Yeah,
3: that's right. So Maybe <laughs> when they saw that, that wave around midnight to 2 a.m. come through, they were like, oh, okay, this is going to be around a half an inch or more. Why don't we just call it? That would be my guess. I don't know. I'm, I'm you know, I'm just making sure. assumptions. No, now. Sure. We did expect it. Yep, zero to an inch, cold wind chills, and and you know, all along we told people too, like, "Hey, look, this isn't a lot. It's not a snowstorm." But I'll tell you what, a half an inch on cold ground that can make things slick. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. It's all yeah. It, it, I mean, when it is the the numbers that we're seeing here lately, it really is about the ice more yeah. than it is the snow. And and being careful out there, no matter Black what, ice. just because it's yeah, just because there hasn't been snow or a whole bunch of snow, uh, when it's uh, three degrees, like it, like you said, the low tonight is, you know, any any spot that has any kind of moisture on it is going to be frozen it so people yep, need to be exactly. need to be careful and uh, that's why we appreciate the updates on a regular basis here and we appreciate your time as always Steve Templeton Chief Meteorologist from Channel 4 thanks so much for your time this afternoon and uh, have a great weekend Thanks. Have a good one. Take care. Thanks, uh, Steve. Great stuff there from Steve Templeton from Channel 4. All right. As I mentioned, we're going to talk to the folks from Thrive St. Louis here in just a moment. And then uh, we're going to get back into some of the headlines of the day after that conversation. We're also going to have a little Friday fun time for you. Uh, one of the things I want to touch on a little bit later on is there's a new report out about the governor's race here in the state of Missouri. Uh, a fund update. And I think people will be surprised at the numbers. Um, the three the three sort of uh, top candidates, uh, Lieutenant Governor Mike Kehoe, Secretary of State uh, Ashcroft and Senator Igle. Um How how are they all doing yeah. in that fundraising department? And uh, who is maybe having more success in those areas than the others. I don't know. The numbers surprised me, so they may surprise you as well. That's one of the many stories that I want to get into as we continue through the afternoon here, and we are going to talk to the folks from Thrive St. Louis next. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Colombo and Katie on 1019 and 94.1 News Talk STL.